This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Here we go. We are two days out from round one of the NFL draft. And here's where I stand on the Panthers at six. They probably should take one of the tackles. But if a quarterback isn't taken in the top five, I don't think Carolina's going to be able to resist drafting one. And it does seem like they have a preference between Pickett and Willis. We just don't know which of the two they'd be willing to take. At his press conference earlier here was Scott Fitterer when asked if he felt a quarterback was draftable at that spot. Yeah, I do think there's a talent level on a couple of them this year that can help us. You know, whether it's that six, whether it's moving around. Um, if we were, if we had to pick one to six, I would feel comfortable uh, with one of them, or actually a couple of them at six. Oh, we do feel comfortable with one of them. I mean, a couple. So if somebody does take a quarterback in the top five, and it's the guy that we like, we need the Jets or Washington or Baltimore or whomever to believe that we really like the other guy and you should trade into this pick. If you missed a conversation we had with Scott Fitterer, that's on our best of podcast today. Search The Drive with Josh Graham on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We had a chance to spend 10, 15 minutes with Scott, and there was some good stuff there. Scott's a part of this brain trust, and it's a three-man brain trust that the Panthers have. I know there are other members of the front office, like Pat Stewart and the two other guys who were sitting up with Fitterer at his presser today, the head of college scouting, and Dan Morgan, the entire deal. But the three biggest players are Fit, Matt Rule, and David Tepper. And I think all three legs of that brain trust, they're going to see two taking a quarterback at six. Let's start with Fitterer. He believes in drafting quarterbacks until you hit. And he believes in the economics of it. This is what he told Joe Person in an interview a month ago when he was asked how he would feel drafting a quarterback versus acquiring a guy like Baker Mayfield who's still out there via trade. And this is how Scott responded. Quote, I don't know how far into it we want to get. I think with the economics of the position, though, going with the rookie is a good way to go. Drafting and developing. And if you miss on this one, take another next year. Take another one the year after that until you get one. Just keep swinging until you get one. Give it your best shot and try to surround him with an offensive line, skill positions, and defense. Don't make him win the game. Just let him run the offense. Just take swings. If you miss, take another one the year after that. That's how he feels. And he could have traded for Baker Mayfield by now. And he chose not to do it. He did tell Sam Darnold earlier that they plan to add a quarterback this week. He just didn't say if it would be Thursday night or later in the draft or by bringing in Baker. But he did make it clear there's going to be another quarterback added to that room in addition to Darnold and P.J. Walker. So that's Fitterer. Matt Rule hasn't drafted a quarterback yet as a head coach. This is his third draft. 
and it's his third time picking in the top 10. And it's been musical chairs at quarterback. Where Carolina had Teddy in year one, and then there was the weird Will Greer stretch for a little while, and then it was this past season with Darnold and Cam Newton. He hasn't had the guy. And if you're trying to do risk-reward assessment, and you start factoring regret into that. Matt Rule can't think he'll feel satisfied if things don't work out later this year. He didn't take a shot at quarterback. In other words, if I'm going to go down, if this is going to go up in flames, I want to at least take one shot at a quarterback. I'm picking in the draft, top 10, three straight years, and I'm not going to take one stab at it? At trying to find a franchise guy? Come on. We all do this. I remember a few weeks back, I didn't know if I'd fly down to New Orleans to go to the Final Four. Now, there were some work purposes in that, but I didn't have to go to the Final Four to watch Duke play Carolina. But Sarah Bradford told me, and it was great advice, how bad would you feel if you turn on the TV and you were watching the game with Jim Nance, Grant Hill, and Raftery narrating it versus you being in the building. And it was great advice. If I watched that game on TV knowing I could have been in the building, it would have crushed me. Great advice. And I think with Matt Rule, it might not work out. I might draft a quarterback and it'll flop. But at least I could say I drafted a quarterback. I tried to get one right. I tried to find that franchise guy. And I bet he likes Pickett. Pickett once committed to play for Matt at Temple. He's the most pro-ready of all the guys in this draft. And Matt Rule needs to win right now. So it seems like a fit to me. So there's Fitterer's incentive. There's Rule's incentive. And David Tepper taking risks is what that dude does. He used to be the hedge fund manager with the brass testicles on his desk. That guy. That's what he's about. Think about how he accrued that wealth. If you're looking at sheer net worth, nobody is worth more than David Tepper is among NFL owners. He is worth more than $13 billion with a B. And you might say, well, Josh, didn't you just say he's a hedge fund manager? How he got that wealth, he bet on the banks during the housing crisis 15 years ago. He took a risk, and it worked out. That's what he does. He takes risks. He said that when you don't have a franchise quarterback, every year you need to be reevaluating, and you need to be finding ways to find that guy. And it seems like there's at least one of these two quarterbacks they feel is franchise quarterback caliber. And if that's the case... David Tepper's, of course, going to sign off on taking that risk. And if it's Kenny Pickett, Tepper's a pick guy. So it makes all the sense in the world. So assuming a quarterback isn't taken in the top five, I don't think the Panthers are going to be able to help themselves. I don't think they're going to resist. All three legs of the Panthers' brain trust, Tepper, Rule, Fitterer, I think they'll see two Carolina taking a signal caller. On Twitter, at WSJS Sports, if you want it on today's show, 
336-777-1600. Will Dalton's taking your phone calls as the executive producer of this show. And this is a big show for Will Dalton. Not only do we have the Star Wars draft today, and he's a huge Star Wars nerd, he's also a huge Carolina Panthers fan, and he's a big fan of the North Carolina Tar Heels, and that's who I want to talk about right now. It's a big week. Not just because it's draft week. By the way, we're going to be carrying all three rounds of the draft right here on WSJS Sports, but because... It's still crazy what the Tar Heels just did. They got four of the five in the Iron Five back, and the roster is set. All 13 scholarships, they're accounted for. And based on what I'm being told, don't expect DeMarco Dunn to transfer. Don't expect Kerwin Walton to enter the portal. This is the team. We're looking at the 2022-2023 North Carolina Tar Heels. While other teams are shifting their rosters right now, Jim Laranega adding two of the top 10 transfers on the market, and Duke adding a kid from Harvard who's going to be a reserve player coming off the bench today. North Carolina is set. So let's look at how North Carolina is going to replace the one member of the Iron Five that's not returning, Brady Maddock. It seems pretty obvious they're going to try and plug Puff Johnson into that four spot. But this is the part that bothers me, the way that this is being discussed. Tar Heel fans are acting like that's no big deal. Oh, yeah, Puff Johnson, because he had 11 in the national title game, he's going to come in, he's going to replace Brady Manick, he's going to be a potential all-ACC player. It's all going to work out. Why? Because his name's Puff, and that's fun. And his brother is Cam Johnson. Don't know if you know that, Josh. Puff alone can't replace Brady Manick. This isn't me saying Puff's not going to be good. I'm saying Brady Manick was very good, special. And I don't know if Puff's that. And if you're claiming Puff is, I'm going to call you out because we don't know that yet. You're flat out guessing. There is no returning player whose role is going to change as much as Puff Johnson's going to. He averaged just 10 minutes a game this past year. And now he's going to be in the starting five? The roster's set. We know what it's going to look like. It's just not realistic to me to expect... Puff Johnson to be Brady Manic for all the reasons. He's not six foot ten like Manic is. He's only six eight. He hasn't started 138 games in college. In fact, he hasn't made a start at all at the collegiate level. He hasn't hit over 330 career threes at a 40% clip. He's made exactly six in two years. Again. This isn't meant to disparage Puff. It's a compliment to Brady. The way he's replaced, the way you replace that production is by a collective effort by committee. That's the only way you replace him. Puff's going to be a big piece of that. He's the guy who's going to start. But can you throw some small ball lineups out there where Dontrez Styles is playing at the four and he's able to defend the way that Leaky Black sometimes can defend guys at the four spot. Can can you get some of that from Trez? Can he take another step? Kerwin Walton, can you move Leaky down to the four and have a small ball lineup where Caleb, RJ, and Kerwin are all out on the same time, out on the floor at the same time? Can Kerwin be an average defensive player out there? 
just average. That's what they asked Brady to do. Brady was hunted defensively all the time, but he made up for it on the offensive end. He was just an average defender. They're not asking a ton of Kerwin Walton. You need to replace some of that three-point shooting. And the only way that happens is if Puff Johnson takes a big step, yes, but Caleb Love's more efficient from three. And R.J. Davis the same way taking a step. And Kerwin Walton gives you something. And one more guy I'll throw out there, He's this is the biggest wild card of the bunch, is Jalen Washington. If you don't know who that is, a year ago when he committed to North Carolina, he was a five-star player out of, I think, Gary, Indiana. Not Louisiana, Indiana. It's a great song. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Music man. Get some culture in your life. Jalen Washington is a shooting big. Sound familiar? Six foot ten, shoots the basketball. And Hubert Davis, in the release when it was announced that he had signed his letter of intent, said he's the best shooting big in America. That's the kind of guy that Hubert's looking for to be a Brady Manic type. Six foot ten, shoots the basketball. He was once a five star. Now he's ranked outside the top 40 because he tore his ACL and he missed his entire senior season. If he looks more like a five-star player who's given you some three-point shooting coming off the bench or maybe even starting by the time we get to conference play, that looks more like that than a four-star player who's coming off a knee injury that might get some spot minutes every now and then. That's another significant happening. That would be a significant deal. Puff Johnson alone can't replace Brady Manic. Let's stop simplifying things that way. It does no favors to Puff. Fellas, what's cracking with cracking? The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Will Dalton, one of the first things I learned about you when you became the executive producer of this show a few weeks back, you are a massive Star Wars fan. And that's putting it lightly. You've spent probably more than a grand on Star Wars memorabilia. You posted pictures of yourself on social media today, looking pensively away from the camera, (laughs) getting set for your big board, putting things together. You've spent a lot of time thinking about this, as have I. We'll see who comes up with the better draft. You won rock, paper, scissors, best two out of three. You have the first overall pick in the draft. Our friend in Raleigh, Joe Ovius, who does radio over there, he said that smart money was taking Chewbacca with the number one pick. What are you going to do first overall? So, I'm actually going to throw a little bit of a curveball here because there is a certain character that if people that know me well enough will be like, okay, he's going to take this. Is the pick in? Pick is in. I'm going to go with my center and I'm going to take General Grievous. General Grievous is a good pick. General Grievous. He's got, and the reason I went that way, one, he's massive. He's fast too for his size. You know, Stars fans will know he's got like a quick little crawl on his on like all fours. But he's also got four arms. 
which means he's going to be swatting this thing all day long. So we're doing this again snake style. So I got the next two picks, and the pick is in with my first round pick. I'm going to take Darth Vader Ah! because it's Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's my favorite. Darth Vader is going to be my power forward. Mm, Good move. And my center, as the pick is in, going to be Chewbacca. So we're... We've got twin towers in the post. It's David Robinson and Tim Duncan. We got the big fundamental that's Darth Vader banging inside with Chewbacca. Very very well done. The impression or the pick? The pick. Impression wasn't all that. No, it wasn't good. I can't do it. Can you do a Chewbacca impression? That's a little better. I'm glad I asked. You got two picks in a row. All right. Will Dalton, you've already addressed your center position. Where are you going next? Hmm. I'm going to go with my shooting guard here. Oh, wow. And I'm going to go with Boba Fett. That was my top shooting guard, too. And the reason being is he's a bounty hunter. He's got, like, lock-in targets and, you know, missiles, cruise missiles, like, he doesn't miss, unlike stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Which, spoiler alert, don't take a don't take a stormtrooper as any type of guard. Just don't do it. I'm not gonna do it. I don't have any stormtroopers okay. on my big board. That that's good. Boba Fett. He's gonna be my shooting guard. So here's my other my other pick is uh, I'm getting the envelope. It's coming in. Thank you very much. I'm going to go with my point guard. This one is so blatantly obvious, and it's a fantastic pick. Yoda yeah. is going to be my guard because he can move around like no other. He's going to be juking and faking both Darth Vader or Anakin or whoever it is on that particular day. And Chewie uh, is, is going to be dealt with. I'm going to be going through his legs and everything. So That one hurts. I know. Man, you took both my top guards that I had on the big board, Yoda and Some Boba good ones Fett. out there, though, still. Yeah. I think I'm going to be a flashy team. I'm going to pick the Magic Johnson of picks here. My point guard's going to be Han Solo. Well done. I'm impressed. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He's got the looks. He can drive the ship, so to speak. He can also, you know, he, he, he can thread it if he needs to. Great leadership skills. Han Solo... Great chemistry with Chewie as Absolutely. well. <laughs> I see what you did there. I like I like the combination of those two. It's going to be Lob City in it, space it is. with Han Solo throwing it up for Chewbacca. So I got that pick there, and I have one more to take. Ah, Should I address shooting guard or small forward? See, you need to get some forwards. I'm you don't well need aware. any more guards, so I don't think I'm going to go shooting guard with this pick the pick is in my small forwards Jar Jar Banks not a good move I think you are going to versatile. have you he is a Ron Artest type where you don't know sometimes what you might be giving getting from him on a night to night basis but I like the length I'm getting 
defensively. I think his heart's in the right place. He's going to have the 20 size, turnovers a night. The size matters, though. He's going to have 20 turnovers a night. He's Jar -Jar, so clumsy. Jar Jar Binks. He is, saw, is so forward. clumsy. I know, but that can be. We can coach that. All right. We can coach that. Jar Jar is my my small forward. Uh. You've got two picks here. Pretty good team so far. You got Yoda at point guard, Bubba Fat shooting guard, General Grievous as your center. Yeah, I'm you very. You need happy a small forward and a power forward here. This one was a little tough. I was kind of because you got both of my power forwards that were on the board. Because mm -hmm. Darth Vader was my guy. He's, he's my guy, but I think Grievous is a big center for me. Uh, I'm going to go Mace Windu for my oh, power forward. I, I didn't think he'd be on your board. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not. He was in my head, though. I didn't even need to think. And I'm not sure I how. I had him as more of a small forward, so you might be going small. Yeah, it, it, it is. I'm not sure how. I think Mace Windu's got some good size on him. And, I, I mean, he he's one of the top ones. I mean, he's he's. Really, the only one under—he's right behind Yoda, as far as power goes. So, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I was a good pick. You know? Yeah, him being at power forward—that's mm. tough. But then again, you could still rotate him at small forward because you have one more pick to fill here. That's right. How are you rounding out your starting five? This one's gonna be good. For my small forward, I'm gonna go. With the master manipulator behind the whole Star Wars saga, Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. Palpatine is your small forward? Dude, he's so powerful. Yeah, but he's so old. That's the trick. I mean... So is Yoda, but yeah. we saw what happened. This is not Tom Brady playing at 44. <laughs> I, actually, it might be. I think okay. that's a good comparison here. Emperor Palpatine yeah. is your small forward. Yep. I have one more pick to make. I'm going to make that pick. My shooting guard is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ver good choice. Good choice. You took Mace Windu off the board. It probably would have been a stretch to have him at shooting guard, so it worked out best for me anyway. Obi-Wan and Han Solo going to lead Jar Jar Binks. To the right direction. You know, just great influences around him. And you also just have a lot of chemistry there. Obi-Wan has chemistry with Darth Vader. Han Solo has chemistry with Chewbacca. And I think there's a lot of physical upside with Jar Jar that these guys surrounding him can make him a very good small forward. So who has the better starting five? I've got at point guard, Han Solo, shooting guard, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Jar Jar Binks is my small forward. Darth Vader, power forward, Chewbacca, the center. And Will's got Yoda at the point, Boba Fett as, uh, as a sharpshooter. See what I did there? Emperor Palpatine is the small <laughs> forward. Mace Windu is the power forward. And General Grievous is the center. Gosh, what a reach at number one. Grievous with the number one pick. But hey. He wasn't even top five on my big board. You could have got him in round three, probably. Yeah, that's 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 you know what? That's a valid point there. That might have been a rookie mistake on my part. But and Mace Windu at power forward. This is a small team. How's Mace Windu gonna do when matched up with Darth Vader? Riddle me that. Well Chewbacca. We, saw, we saw what happened in episode three. This is tough. You lost a hand. See, I I Darth Maul oh, one of the first left. What out. was that? 
Oh, I can't believe I did that. Job of the hut inside would have been tough. <laughs> no. You can't coach size. <laughs> you can't, but not when it can't move at all. Yeah, I was thinking about R2-D2 might be a good point guard, but you would need to get C-3PO in the post to have those two paired together, and I didn't want to spend multiple picks making that happen. Yeah, but 3PO is always tight. He's he's going to be like a Ben Simmons. He's going to always have back soreness. And, sure. You know, and it's never going to work out with that. That's why I preferred Jar Jar. Who Jar- would your coach be? Wow. That's a good little, little one uh, to throw into the mix for a little bonus question. What's your coach situation looking like? I'm going to need the music. All right. Coaching my squad. Darn it, you already took Yoda off the board. Right. Probably would have been the first pick. Obi-Wan yeah. could be a player coach, Jerry West style. Old, old Ben Kenobi. It seems like you've thought about this. You could pick your coach first. I actually haven't thought about this question, but I feel like I could probably answer it on the spot. Um. Hmm. I'm not sure either. Not easy, huh? It, it, it's you asked a question that was just really hard. It's gonna be good when the answer comes to my head, but yeah, you, you have any luck over there? No, I, I'll have Princess Leia as my coach that, because good move. She knows the personnel. I think she'll do a good job handling the press. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, actually, I've got it. Who is it? Her, her mother, the one who, well, she didn't teach her because she never got to meet her because she died at birth, but Padme. Come on. Padme, because she's a great leader. Padme. My team wipes the floor and, and with yours. not only that, she knows Vader's weaknesses. You know, I take mine back. Brilliant. My, I'm my, so my, my coach is going to be Lon, uh, Lando Calrissian. Also good. There you go. All right. That's, uh, that's the Star Wars draft. We'll throw those lineups at Permar, who's also a huge Star Wars fan, at 5.30, and we'll see who has the better squad. We have developed a great program for you. Unbalanced and a little out of control. (laughs) You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Ace Permar. Joining the show now from Sports Channel 8. Make sure you're subscribed to Sports Channel 8, the podcast, the streaming show you could listen to at 10 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Permar, I got a treat for you here. I don't want to tell you which person drafted each team here because I don't want you to give any preferential treatment, but we did a Star Wars draft today. We drafted a starting five of Star Wars characters, and you got to tell us who wins this basketball matchup. All right. Well, hold on, hold on. A couple things. One, this is totally unfair that you're not telling me who drafted who, because how am I supposed to automatically make you the loser exactly. if I don't know which team you picked? Exactly. And then two, are these people actually playing basketball against each other? Yes. Or is like basketball the setup? And I'm judging who's got the coolest team. No, no, no. They're playing basketball. You need to okay. figure this out what's going to happen. All right. Okay. Okay. Team one has Yoda at the point, 
Boba Fett at shooting guard. Emperor Palpatine is the small forward. Mace Windu, the power forward, small lineup. And at center, it's General uh, Grievous. And the other team that it's going up against, what? I'm just like General Grievous is uh, like he he is going to be a good rim protector. He was the first overall pick in the draft. It's pretty. It was kind of surprising. Kind of like if Trayvon Walker yeah, went number one. That might be a little high, but uh, but no. Overall, I like him as a rim protector. So that you have a small lineup, you got to have somebody back there protecting rims. Uh, something that the uh, Charlotte Hornets haven't learned yet, but they will. Yeah. So that team goes up against a team that has Han Solo at the point. Obi-Wan Kenobi at the shooting guard spot. Jar Jar Binks is the small forward. Darth Vader's at the point, or at power forward. And Chewbacca's at center. I, I almost need uh, those red back to me, but I think I got a pretty clear team. I'm taking team one. Really? Yeah. Like, Han, uh, that, that was a sentimental pick. So Han's like picking like Larry Bird for your team in like 1993. Like he's he's not doing a whole lot for your squad right now. And I think I think Grievous is a game changer defensively. He's like Rudy Gobert in there. Only if Rudy Gobert had had like eight hands. Um. So did I pick your team, good uh, Graham? No, you picked. Wells. Thank you, Hayes. Heck yeah! Yes. Isn't so Grievous a great center? No, nah, he's fantastic. And then who is some? Who are some of the other people? Like Mace Windu Mace and Palpatine. Windu. Mace Windu. Yeah, Yoda is is. Uh, well, give me some of the other matchups. Who are going like? So Yoda's going up against Hans. Kenobi's going up against Boba Fett. Jar Jar's going up against Palpatine. And then you got Darth Vader and Chewbacca in the post going up against Mace Windu and Grievous. Palpatine's the weak link uh, in in Team One, but overall they've got they got the better of most of the matchups. Can you explain to him how many turnovers he's going to have with George Jar? Yeah, I don't even understand that. He's going to have like 20 turnovers. Ball, I, I like the physical upside. I look at him. He He's a specimen. Bring some size. Like I think it's like a Ron no, Artest type where you have to surround them with leadership that, like Obi-Wan and uh, Hans. I should have I smelled this out, and I almost did. If I had a little more time to think about it, Graham is only throwing Jar Jar in there for the radio content. That's good. how you could tell he was not serious about picking a team. He just wanted to talk about Jar Jar and eat up a couple minutes. Yeah, the, the dude's most famous line is, Misa Clumsy. Like, and that's who you're going to be giving the ball to? That in is what minutes? I said. Absolutely not. No way. Let's get to the Panthers now. Do they take Jar Jar at six? No. Do they take Wait. a quarterback at six? Do, do we have to talk Panthers now? Like, are, are we contractually obligated to? Because, like, things... Which Star Wars character Panthers, would most upgrade the Panthers roster? Good Lord. When people talk about the Panthers, things don't go well, and that's pretty much all the time. Uh, I don't know. What, what was the quote that came out today? I kind of missed some of the news uh, at a funeral. It was a friend of a, a parent's friend, so no big deal. Sorry about but did that. I see them say that they're all on the same page? Uh, I'm was sure they did say today? that. Scott was on the show a couple hours ago, and he he said that there are six guys. Of course he's going to say this. Six guys that he feels really good about taking at six. And then he says, conveniently, that's where things start to break. He feels that the way he described it was there is a top shelf of talent, and there are six players in that top shelf. And he says there's not a lot of separation between eight and 15. He has 20 players on their board 
that are first round caliber players. Uh, that is that is kind of funny. I'm not knocking Scott Fitter, and I'm certainly not putting him in the Matt Rule, David Tepper uh, category of like really haven't proven anything yet because Fitter obviously has. But uh, it is it's pretty GM speak to say we have exa- we have six guys that we feel like we could take, and we have six picks. So whoever it is they take, they'll be able to tell you it was one of their top guys. Uh, I, you know, I'm. I, I'm not a draft, Nick. I haven't studied these things, but partly because I've learned, yes, there are people who know more about football than I do, but even the people who know the most are wrong a lot, right? So why not take a guess for me? I'm For some reason, I kind of like Malik Willis. I'm not saying that that's what I think the Panthers should do, but as a personally, as a fan, if the Panthers take Malik Willis, I'll join in all the people that are laughing at them for doing the wrong thing, but I'll be quietly intrigued. Um, and I'll be a lot more excited as a fan than if, as uh, the offensive coordinator let slip, Sam Darnold. Like I would, I'm not that I want to start with Malik Willis, but the belief that Malik Willis might be our future quarterback makes me very excited than another year just starting with Sam Darnold. Beyond that, I mean, I'm, I'm with everybody else. Like, if you can get a, a 10-year offensive lineman, then then let's absolutely do that. And I, I don't know if they're, it sounds like from, from what they're saying, they're not going to trade down. If they think there's six top notch guys and they've got a top, a top six pick, then you take one of those guys. But uh, it'd be cool to me if they could finagle some trade back, still get a first round pick, but pick up some, some, uh, you know, day two pick. See, I go the other way on it. I think if you say you have six guys, it's because you want a team to believe there are six very good guys in this draft and it's worth trading up. He said there are three to four teams that have uh, serious interest, have expressed serious interest in the number six pick, which means there were three teams that called. It's kind of like when people say, oh, yeah, I'll be there in five to ten minutes. No, well, you're probably meaning ten if you're saying five to ten, if that. So if he says three to four teams are interested, actually, I take back what I said. There are probably two teams, two, that were interested. I'll say this. I mean, how much do teams – like we talk about teams floating things and teams putting out reports. I'm like – if if reporters know these things and fans know these things, then like, do we even believe? Like, would, why would a team listen to anything else a team said, and unless they are on the phone with you, offering a player or a pick, and starting to get down to what player or pick they can get in return? I'm not sure I believe anything that, and, and not not only do I not believe the smoke screens or whatever, but like, why would like it doesn't. I understand what you're saying. It sounds like something that Scott Fitter would say, putting out a smokescreen, but I'm like, man, do any, do they really even bother putting out smokescreens? If the, the assumption is that everyone's lying, I don't know. I, I don't know how that world works, but unless somebody was talking to me directly on the phone, I'm not believing, well, I heard this team really values a quarterback or I heard this team likes this guy or that guy a lot or whatever. Yeah. Unless you're talking to me on the phone and I know you're actually putting on the line, whatever we're discussing, that I'm not really believing in any reports. The Star Wars character that would best upgrade the Panthers roster. I don't know. There's like a whole universe now, right? Like it's it's so hard to keep up. Like there's probably let's go some, classic you know, characters from the first six okay, films. Okay, okay, give me give me Jabba left tackle, right? You're not moving that. Like yeah, I mean he he has to have like 15 people carrying him around. Like you're telling me he can't swallow up two defensive linemen. Nah, give me give me Jabba at left tackle. Yes, Jabba at left tackle. So that way, when we go to Carolina Panthers games, and you're just hanging out in the building, this is probably what we're going to hear in the locker room. 
Yes. I'm actually yeah. surprised you didn't go with the classic uh, Jabba the Hutt, like uh, nightclub music of... Yeah, this is like the second track, or, or the second of those two. This is a plays. deeper cut? Of course. This is, like, this is like when the music picks back up after they've shot at somebody, right? Yep. This plays yeah. right after Obi-Wan Kenobi chops that guy's arm off, oh. and it just yeah. immediately yeah. cuts to this happy music after this bloody arm is just sitting on the floor. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the, uh, it's the equivalent of Wayne's World when they're like, car, like, game on, like, guy's arm got chopped off, game on, this is like the game back on music, everything's fine, don't, don't leave, keep drinking your beer, don't worry about the dead guy. Yeah, Jabba the Hutt also would be a great starting goaltender for the Hurricanes, even better than this Piotr Kachekov guy who's going to be a net later on tonight. Uh, this is uh, a- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he, he's just going by Coochie at this point, I don't know if you got the memo on this, everybody's just calling him Coochie, so therefore... His name is Coochie now. Okay, so Coochie is in net tonight as the Hurricanes yeah. try to earn a banner. If they beat the Rangers, they'll win the Metropolitan Division. I can't think of a better transition from uh, the Star Wars music to what we're about to do, which is skips or plays with Hayes. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. Feels like 06, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes. All right, Hayes, I already told Josh this earlier. The theme of today's game is going to be, because of the NFL draft, it's going to be like new beginnings, turning the page, staying strong when maybe things haven't gone so well, because you might find that glimmer of hope in the draft. Yeah, this is the type of music I listened to when I was in high school and was getting rejected by girls left and right. Like, you know, just give me Coldplay's Fix You, and (laughs) we'll just hang out. For an hour. That's what we're going to do. Were, were you as earnest about talking to girls as you were to talking about with, with other sports figures? Cause we, I mean, I, I've seen it in action. Like, you were interning and, like, the governor would show up. And, like, you're like, hey, I'm Josh Graham. I'm going to go right there. You've talked about that going to Kane's games when you're, like, 13. And be like, my man's Scalco. I'm Josh Graham. I'm going to be a uh, play-by-play guy. What, uh, like, did you do this to girls, too? Yep, I did. And they didn't, like, uh, I found in high school they didn't respond well to that confidence. But in college, yeah. that's when things started to turn around. Interesting. ECU girls just just want uh, <laughs> they want a man. Uh, this guy seems well, smart. He 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 seems like he's got some things put together. Yeah, let's talk to him. What's the first song? Yeah. First song, "Wanna Be Starting Something" by Michael Jackson. Oh. Hayes Permar is somewhat that's of a nice. yeah. Oh, you know, play, play, that, play that, that intro, play. baby. Play. Mm-hmm. So that's over. <laughs> This was not. Uh, this, is a, this is a play. Like, I, I don't know if you can still call us on underrated. I'm sure it's like you know, it's 10 billion copies or whatever. But, uh, but that's all. It's got a great beat. Um, it, it, like, I feel like when you're listing off Michael Jackson tracks, I don't feel like that's one of the, like, the first three to five that come to mind. But it jams. It's not like if, if you're at a party and that comes on, it's as good as any Michael Jackson song. Very good song. I'm not a big fan of Michael Jackson's music. There, I said it. 
Oh, Josh. Mm, well, you're wrong. I mean, it's you're not for wrong. Two today. It's, it's my opinion. No, 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 you're wrong. Okay, so that's a play to get things started. What is the second song you've got for Hayes Permar today? Second song is going to be Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Oh, see, that that is more hopeful. I do appreciate that. Little delay there, but here it comes. Sometimes it takes a little longer for the sun to come out. Here comes the sun, <laughs> and I say it's all right. Uh, this is definitely a play. Um, I believe it's a George Harrison song, which yes. is like, that's what like non-Beatles snobs who want to act like they're Beatles snobs like me do. Like, oh, I think this is a, uh, I think this is a George Harrison cut. Um, you know, just trying to give you the, the one most obvious piece of information <laughs> about the song. I will say there's a great, uh, there's a great cover of this song. And I can't think of the guy's name. Richie, I believe. Look, is there a Richie Sambora or is that bon, John Bon Jovi's drummer? Richie something. I'll find it and I'll send it to you later. Okay. It's acoustic and it's a great cover of this song. But this, this song's obviously a play. Someone's, hey, someone's writing in that MJ was the man before uh, the next MJ. Jackson 5 rocks. I love the Jackson 5. Let me be clear on that. Just not the biggest Michael Jackson fan, but let's not get hung up on that. We got two plays here. Are we going to go three for three? What is the third song that you have, Will Dog? This one is going to be Headstrong by Trapped. <laughs> no way. I'm so, who by what? <laughs> Headstrong, Headstrong by, by Trapped. Trapped. You'll, you'll probably know it when you hear it. I'm not sure that. Okay. 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 This song's a banger, but this it's not mine. This song has, like, strong, it has strong, like, uh, I don't know if it's technically on there, but it has strong, like, Madden or FIFA 2004 vibes. 100%. If like, you don't know the song, though, Hayes, you got to wait till the chorus in order to make a judgment. <laughs> no, I recognized it as soon as it started playing. And in fact, its odds of getting uh, played are going up. But let me hear some more. Yeah, then you got the, the, the very grungest 2000s-like bridge here. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Trapped, Hayes. Yeah, I swear this, this is on an EA Sports video game. I would 100%. almost bet my dog on it. Um, and you know what? When I heard the name, I laughed. I thought there's no way. But it, it, it did come kind of headstrong, and I'm going to have to give that a play. That's a, that's a great thing. And hey, this is also, I didn't know if young Will was trying to, like, start to cheat the system by, like, not taking chances. Like, he's only going to throw at me, like, platinum hits, like MJ, the Beatles. Like, come on. Like, right? Like, who's going to skip these? But uh, but he took a chance on that last one, and I think it paid off for him. Yeah. He deserves a 3-for-3 uh, a three three play. Trapped is spelled T-R-A-P-T. And I have the video game that it was in. Would you like to take a well, guess I, what video game? I, I heard more. I feel like the years I was watching FIFA, I was I was uh, 
watching more side screen stuff. Whereas Madden days, I used to be stuck with the audio from the Madden. So I think it's a Madden and I'm going to place it. Oh, I'm going Madden 05. Tony Hawk pro skater. Ah, wow. Headstrong by trap. Tony Hawk pro skater. Well, that, that makes, I feel like that's even more impressive that it's not on a video game that I owned, but I just knew it sounded so much like a video game song that it had to be on there somewhere. Kermar, you're an impressive specimen. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to say that on Thursday night, and uh, just want you to know that, friend. We'll talk to you next week.